and welcome to Veg Out, brought to you by the Toronto Vegetarian Association, aka the TVA. We come to you virtually from our homes and we are heard on CJRU 1280 AM The Scoop, Ryerson's campus and community station. My name is Jeanette and I'm a vegan and volunteer with the TVA. Our mission is to inspire people to choose a healthier, greener and more compassionate lifestyle through plant-based eating. And I'm joined today by my co-host Barbie, who you will know as a volunteer and donor coordinator with the TVA. Hi, Barbie. Hello. Hi, thanks again for joining us on the podcast. And this week we are joined by our guest, Sam Turnbull. And you may know Sam from her super popular blog and YouTube channel, It Doesn't Taste Like Chicken. Uh, she released her first cookbook, Fuss Free Vegan, in 2017, which quickly became my favorite cookbook. Oh, and Sam wow. has also been a past guest at the Veg Food Fest, both in person and during our virtual festival. So we thank her for her continued work and support with the TVA. And her brand new cookbook, Fast, Easy, Cheap, Vegan, was just released. And she joins us today to tell us more about it. Hi, Sam. Hi, I didn't know my book was your favorite. I'm so flattered. Oh, my goodness. So, um <laughs> My 2020 like pandemic cooking project became finishing all of the breakfast recipes from the book. So <laughs> as I Which said, one was your face? well, I my the tofu scramble and the pancakes are just kind of like my go-to of those mm-hmm. recipes. Like I have them both memorized. So I'd have to say like, <laughs> maybe the tofu scramble is my favorite, but there's I a lot, it. there's a, yeah. And some of them, the breakfast are maybe more for a weekend thing, but that tofu scramble is so, you know, fast, easy and delicious. Which I feel That's is part of, your, part of your brand, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so as of reco- time of recording, your cookbook is not quite out yet, but when we post it, it will be available to the public. So, uh, how are you feeling about it being available to the world? Oh, I'm so 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 excited. Uh, cookbooks take a really long time to create, so I've been working on it for about two years now so and, and and I'm usually not allowed to talk about it until much closer to the release date so it, it, as I share a lot of my life and cooking online it feels like I'm lying and cheating to all my fans so I'm really excited that I finally get to share all of the recipes that I've been enjoying myself for a couple of years now and um have you had any I know that you've you know uh we were fortunate for example to get um, uh, a sort of preview copy in advance of this podcast and things Ooh. like that. You probably had a couple of people that have um, been able to sort of test it out. How has the early response been so far? Yeah, actually, you know, I haven't seen that many people who have actually copies yet and have been able to test out recipes. So it's only been like here and there, but uh, but it's been really fun so far. Everyone's enjoyed everything they tried. And it is interesting to see what people gravitate towards to first because it totally changes. I've seen a couple of people make some noodle recipes and some desserts. And my mom is actually obsessed with the mushroom gravy mix. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Funny, Jeanette, that you mentioned that you were trying to go through all the breakfast recipes in Sam's first book, because the recipes that I immediately gravitated to in this book were also the breakfast ones. I did the, uh, the French toast in a bowl, which was super fun. And um, the waffles were just like, amazing Sam like I love what I loved is that they were like they physically looked like very like white and bright like a diner you know waffle um and they were just so simple but then I loved how you could just have that basic batter and then add in like chocolate chips or blueberries or things like that um so those were those are the two favorite recipes of mine so far in the book oh that's awesome yeah it's the pancake and waffle mix which is so handy because you can just 
shake it up and, and I just have a giant jar of it in my pantry yeah. and then, yeah you can make waffle pancakes and then you can add in all your different favorite veg or not veg that'd be weird uh, maybe if you're into that I don't know <laughs> but fruits and chocolate chips and nuts and stuff so it's really handy to have on on hand for sure <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it so much thank you so I, I think listeners can maybe get a sense as we're describing some of the recipes what is maybe in the book because you're mentioning some uh, mixes or some things that you can kind of make in advance. And the, the book is called Fast, Easy, Cheap Vegan. Can you describe the concept? Yeah. So every single recipe in this book, of course, is vegan, but there are 101 recipes and all of the recipes take 30 minutes or less to prepare, cost $10 or less for the entire dish and use only 10 ingredients or less. So I'm just busting all those myths that vegan has to be expensive and complicated and time consuming. No more. <laughs> so yeah, that's why it's called fast, easy, cheap, vegan. Everything is like super quick and get her done and delicious and really easy to make. So it's really friendly for anyone, whether you like cooking a lot or you don't. <laughs> yeah. And actually I should mention that when I made those waffles, like you said, I had sort of like, I put together a bunch of the mixes in jars. Um, so like when I made them, it was like a weekday, it was a work day and I had to, you know, get up and go to work early. And it was like, I was still able to like make myself fresh waffles in the morning before, you know, before heading out to work, because it was like, all I had to do was mix in the, whatever it was like, you know, a bit of soy milk or something and pop it in the waffle maker. So it was really fun. Wow. Um, I love that. That's perfect. <laughs> what are, um, what are some common misconceptions you think that uh, you tend to get about vegan cooking? You kind of touched on it when you mentioned that this book is kind of myth busting. Yeah, so I think a lot of people think that vegan food has to be really complicated and use really fancy and expensive ingredients. So you have to go to the health food store and buy ingredients that are maybe more hard to find or can be kind of costly. Uh, or there's also the people who find that you need to buy a lot of processed foods and, you know, um, artificial meats and Beyond Burgers and uh, vegan cheeses and stuff. And I'm, I love that we have the availability of these vegan meats and cheeses and these like really high-end fancy health food store ingredients. But, but for me, it's more about the everyday. And I just like making food that's really easy and accessible for everyone. So you can just go to your local grocery store. And that's where I did all my shopping for this book and just buy really basic things, you know, fruits and veggies and beans and grains and nuts and seeds and make a, a whole boatload of amazing recipes and making it really easy and, and accessible for everyone. Um, I think that's something that really struck me about this book that I thought was really neat because I feel like my, like in my mind, like usually when I hear about like quick meal ideas or things like that, your mind kind of gravitates to the store-bought stuff, like you said, and, and like you said, there's nothing wrong with it, but like, yeah, so I typically think like, oh, like what's a quick, a quick easy meal? And it's like, oh, grab a, you know, a pack of Daya and a can of tomato sauce and some Eve's pepperoni and throw together a pizza. And what I thought was really neat about this book is that like you give, you give recipes to make sort of some of that store-bought stuff yourself so that you can just, you know, spend maybe like a couple hours on a Sunday at one point in the month, but then it's like you have those things on hand. So without even going to the grocery store and getting those things, you can kind of like whip up recipes really quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Not everyone has easy access to those ingredients. I know my, my parents uh, live in the country and the grocery stores around there really don't have nearly as many products as we are lucky enough to have here in Toronto. And um, also those products are often pretty expensive. So it's really nice if you could just whip up these really simple basics at home and have them ready to go and just have, you know, really good, delicious, easy food. <laughs> um, so this book uh, truly feels like 
just the continued evolution of uh, fast-free vegan. Uh, and I'm just wondering if you went into that with that concept in mind, or if you kind of looked at your recipes and then looked at what people were reaching out to you about and was like, actually, wow, this like kind of came to me because of the repertoire you had, or did you have like a clear concept and then had to build from there? Uh, it's a little bit of both for sure. I mean, I always want to give uh, people what they want. Uh, I'm always here to help people eat more vegan food. That is my goal. <laughs> uh, so if people want easy recipes, then I'm happy to provide them with that. But honestly, that's really my go-to too. Um, I spend a lot of time recipe testing and all of that, of course, but when it comes to actually just making dinner or making some lunch or whatever, I'm the kind of person who starts cooking when I'm already hungry. So most of my instinct is to make recipes that are really fast so that I can actually like get it into my belly because I'm not very good at planning always. So this book yeah, really allows me to do that. And I just was able to share a lot more of my recipes that I haven't shared yet before, which is really fun because with Fast Free Vegan, the focus is really kind of everyday comfort foods that a lot of us are familiar with made vegan. And these recipes aren't necessarily as familiar to everyone, but they're just really fast and really easy to throw together. And that was kind of the main goal. Yeah, and I appreciate also in a lot of the instructions I've seen either in your demos or YouTube videos is, um, you know, oh, you don't have to press the tofu because it's going to dry it in the oven. And I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. So you can skip that whole step. Or I think I saw you once say that you never rinsed your lentils. I'm like, I never rinsed my lentils either because it's a pain. <laughs> so sometimes I don't know why, but it seems like some people add extra steps without any, without any reason. So whenever I'm recipe testing, I always have to reassess and be like, wait, am I doing this? This is because this is what people have told me I need to do. I always need to press the tofu or is it actually going to change the texture and result in something different for this recipe? So yeah, I'm always about looking at recipes and, and trying to analyze them and hack them down and make them as simple as possible. I have to say, I do get in trouble for my partner often when, because I also tend to like not rinse my lentils or rinse my quinoa. And <laughs> of course, whenever that happens, sure enough, you know, someone gets a stone in there. <laughs> there's something and he's like see and I'm like but yeah it's like I don't care it, <laughs> you know stone here and there is it really is it really just, that bad it just makes eating like more of an adventure it's like when I forget to take the, the bay leaves out of a soup and I'm like okay well you know what I'm just gonna chance it I might get a bay leaf in my mouth but you know but I mean you could definitely rinse lentils and stuff if you want uh, it's not gonna harm and it won't take that long either but yeah I mean I, let's let's be realistic here we're not all gonna spend time picking through <laughs> a whole bunch of lentils <laughs> do you have um any particular um favorite recipes from the book either ones that are your favorite because you just love the taste of them or ones that you're like really proud of because you you figured out a way to make them really easy and quick yeah, sure. I mean, I have so many favorites. Uh, in the snack section, you'll notice that I have a ton of popcorn recipes, and that's because I'm obsessed with popcorn. I think I eat popcorn almost every single night. <laughs> it's, so I definitely love that section. My favorite is the Cool Ranch popcorn, um, and my partner's favorite is the cheesy BBQ popcorn. So those are probably the two that we have in our house the most whenever I'm feeling munchy but um I love noodles that's kind of my desert island food uh so any kind of noodle from any kind of cuisine uh so I have a whole chapter on noodles which it makes me really really happy <laughs> and I think one of my favorites in that is the 10 ingredient lemon cream pasta which is actually on the cover of the book and it's really simple of course um but it's really creamy and zesty and lemony and then you have some greens in there as well so it's kind of actually the perfect 
recipe for right now. So it's got, it's got those uh, spring vibes while still being a little bit comforting because it's, you know, pasta and a bit creamy. <laughs> Are there recipes in the book that really work on non-vegans? I would say almost every recipe. I mean, uh, my fiance is my only vegan like person who's actually really close in my life, which is kind of sad, but <laughs> it's, it's lovely that he is. But so all of my uh, other friends and family um, aren't vegan. Um, you know, they eat a lot more plant-based than they used to, which is wonderful. Uh, but they love all of my recipes and make them all the time. So uh, yeah, if it's not, if it's not going to be good enough for, for a non-vegan, it wouldn't be good enough for a vegan either. In my opinion, everyone has to like it. Good food, good food. Everyone yeah. should enjoy it, no matter the ingredients. <laughs> What is then, I'm curious, so what is sort of like the process um, for testing recipes in the book then? Do you have, um, like on that line, do you sort of have, I know some some cookbook authors, they have like, they sort of recruit a crew of people, which are usually their followers, so they would be vegan. So have your recipes for, for your books typically been tested, um, yeah, through sort of like outsiders or insiders or your friends? A little bit. I mean, I do most of the recipe testing myself. I'm pretty used to it with having written the first cookbook where I did most of the recipe testing with myself there too. And, um, you know, I have well over 400 recipes on my blog. So I'm pretty much used to going through and recipe testing. Um, but I do get my mom to help me out sometimes and uh, different friends when they visit or, you know, I send them the recipes. Uh, so anytime I'm like worried something might not work out perfectly, I'll send it to them. Uh, but usually I just like people's like taste. Uh, so I just feel like feed people when they come over and if they're like, yeah, this is great or eh, not my favorite, then I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's all about the taste. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if I can ask about a couple of specific recipes that I was curious about. Um, sure. The kitchen sink cookies. So um, I, I was able to test that one out and I just found it really interesting that the, the whole concept behind it. Can you talk about the development of that particular uh, cookie? Sure. So I have a whole bunch of recipes in the book that I call choose your own adventure <laughs> recipes, <laughs> which I love because, you know, it's a throwback to those kids book where you get to like walk your way through and see what you end up with. Um, and I did that for a couple of reasons. Um, one of them being that, you know, it's fun. But the other reason is that uh, I think one of the best ways to save money when cooking food is to use what you already have in your kitchen. And so I don't want you to always have to go out to the grocery store to buy specific ingredients for every single recipe. So with these choose your own adventure recipes, they um, have some basics that you need to follow. And then there's a guide of how to choose, uh, you know, certain quantities of different things. So you can kind of mix and match and use what you have. Uh, so the kitchen sink cookies are a choose your own adventure recipe. And so what that is, is it's a base cookie dough, which is really simple and really delish. And then you can add uh, all your favorite add-ins. And I like to go crazy with this. Like, of course, you can just add chocolate chips if you want and keep it a really simple cookie, but uh, you can add nuts and dried fruit. But I also love adding things like chips and pretzels and coffee beans and vegan candies. And you can make these cookies, which are like everything but the kitchen sink. And uh, they're so good. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, I used what I had on hand. So it was chocolate chips, walnuts, coconut, and then I threw an espresso powder because I didn't have beans. So ah. uh, yes. And then they they, um, and I made them uh, a little bigger too. So they were kind of like monster kitchen sink cookies. They were fun. <laughs> oh man, then, I love it. it. Sounds delish. Um, and that'll be fun actually when people get the book, then they can share with you like their own personal creations, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like when I first made that recipe, I was like, okay, what happens if I actually throw in like 
all of the stuff is it going to taste like garbage <laughs> is it going to be good but I actually loved it like I even loved I had these like little gooey candies and coffee beans and like I was thought the combination would be kind of gross but it was kind of awesome <laughs> so I love that <laughs> um, hashtag kitchen sink cookies um, just getting that started uh, and then there's another recipe I wanted to ask about and I I maybe you you can um, trademark this word hamole hamole <laughs> hamole <laughs> Yeah, Adam, my fiance came up with that word. <laughs> I was like, should I just call it guacamole hummus? He's lovely. He's like, <laughs> yeah, so that is uh, the two best the dips mixed together, in my opinion. So guacamole and hummus. It's a little kind of a mix mash between the two of them. And uh, yeah, it's so delicious. It's interesting when you combine the chickpeas with the avocado, it becomes so creamy and so fluffy and light. It's a really fun recipe for sure. And I think I made it like three times this week already. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You gave me um, uh, an idea when you were just talking about the kitchen sink cookies too, which is, um, this may seem completely random, but crumbled Fruit Loops. And I'm just picturing how they could be all rainbowy and coloring. Ah, that'd be great. I didn't even know there was vegan Fruit Loops. So there you go. That would be really oh, fun though. Yeah, the regular, like the the typical regular Fruit Loops. Yes, they are vegan. Although they, sorry, I shouldn't say although because most people will not see this as a bad thing, but they recently, um, they recently started to use more like natural food coloring. So they've lost their like super bright, colorful sort of look to them. And they're, they're quite a bit more subdued. I just bought a box last week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yes now I know exactly what to do with them I'm gonna try throwing them into these uh kitchen sink cookies oh that'd be fun yeah you could also throw them into the um uh what's it called the uh, granola oh wow yeah yeah the granola would be good <laughs> I'm just looking at the recipes now I'm like what, what else would that would be good yeah oh, oh and the mix and match max mix and match trail mix that's what I was thinking of yeah and you also made me think of uh, before when we were talking about um, the things like the rinsing and the pressing your tofu. I know I'm kind of jumping a little bit here, but um, in terms of specific recipes, another recipe where um, you sort of did that where there was like a, a step, quote unquote, like missing that people often um, have. And it was it was so wonderful was for your potato pancakes, because I feel like a lot of times potato pancake recipes, they'll have all these things where, again, you have to like squeeze them and get out all the water and I was so impressed by without having to do that all you had to do is mix everything in a bowl and you didn't have to worry about squeezing out the water or letting it rest and they fried up perfectly so it's like all these years all this time making potato pancakes <laughs> or latkes and waiting for them to rest and it was just like yeah again that was another thing I made in the morning before before the work day and it was I definitely would have not been able to do that in the past oh that's amazing yeah yeah I don't know why people do that yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I think uh, growing up, I believe I used to even like cook the potatoes fully first and then do all the steps. Uh, but yeah, you don't need to. You can just literally grate it all. And it's kind of messy, but you just slap it in the pan and it fries up beautifully. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, yeah. and I'm glad you're so uh, like noticing all of my little tips and tricks along the way. It's great. Um, I think uh, I think you've changed my life because I've I'm one of those people that were like hand wringing with the towel to get every bit of moisture out of the potato or the zucchini yeah. or whatever it was. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I yeah. well, that no no more. What a waste of time <laughs> and a dirty towel while you're at it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then too. it's the same. I, this is why I hate rinsing lentils because then the little bits get stuck everywhere, and then it's just mm -hmm. a giant. It's more. It's a giant mess when it could just be a mess in the pan rather than a mess like all over the <laughs> counter. You know. 
Exactly, exactly, yeah. Uh, so we have a, a few minutes left. I we have one um, unrelated cookbook question, but we wanted to talk about your your dog chickpea because Barbie and I are both pet lovers. Um, can you tell us about chickpea? <laughs> sure. Uh, chickpea is the world's most cutest mutt. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm sure everyone else who owns a mutt will will want to fight me on that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's a rescue dog. I've had her for about five years now. And uh, she's vegan since I got her and she's happy and healthy and lovely and cute and fluffy and just the, the best little dog you could ever imagine. And another recipe on uh, your blog are the dog treats, like the, oh the pumpkin and peanut butter and oat dog treats. And so I make that for a lot of friends for Christmas for their dogs. And I get like, have like a little dog bone, you know, cookie cutter. And every <laughs> single time they get, they come back to me and they say the dogs love them. So in fact, one oh, dog good. was was so like uh, I think they ran out of the treats, but the, the the container was still on the counter, and the dog kept staring at the container like, "Why aren't there more treats magically here? What is going on?" <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I, I mean, the only one who rescue tested that, to be honest, was Chickpea. So I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad her tastes, uh, you know, settled approved by many other dogs. <laughs> I Actually, have to admit, I haven't tried. I haven't tried that one or looked at that recipe very closely yet. Is that, I'm assuming, is that a like human edible treat as well? Have you, have oh, you sure. tried it, Sam? Uh, you know, I didn't, but my friend visited and she did for some reason. She was like, I want to know what it's like. She was, she was like, it's very bland, <laughs> very dry <laughs> yeah. and very bland. Yeah, I've tried them. They're just, just uh, oats and peanut butter and pumpkin. That's it. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's on the bland side, but you could use it as a cracker, I guess, and put something on it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sam, just to wrap up, can you let people know where they can find the book and if you have any events coming up that people should know about? Sure, yeah. So you can find Fast, Easy, Cheap, Vegan. Uh, it's available worldwide. So at your favorite bookstore, whether it be Amazon or Indigo or a local smaller bookstore, um, if they don't have it in stock, I'm sure they can order it in for you. Um, and if you go to the Penguin Random House site and look up my book there, they also have a directory on how you can find an independent bookstore, which is great. Um, so yeah, you can, it's available worldwide, so you'll be able to get your hands on it, and um, yeah, other than that, I'm just hanging out here at home making more recipes, so I post uh, a new recipe on my blog every week, uh, my blog is it doesn't taste like chicken.com, and I'm hoping to do more YouTube videos again, because it's been a while, so I've been busy with other stuff, but uh, you can find me there at, at it doesn't taste like chicken, or on any social media, and it doesn't taste like chicken. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to keep going through the book. Again, I, I, I'm also a very big fan of noodles. So I actually have, when I first saw the book, I, I had, like I wrote down a list of all the noodle dishes that I want to try. So I've gone through two of them so far and I'm the, the lemon one that you mentioned is on my list. So maybe next week I'll be able to get to that. Oh, amazing. Well, I'm, I'm so happy you're enjoying it already. It's so nice. <laughs> you work on something for so long and it feels like, oh, yeah. I just want people to start enjoying recipes. So it's really nice that, that you're enjoying them already. Yay. <laughs> so thank you again to Sam Turnbull. Her new cookbook, Fast, Easy, Cheap, Vegan, uh, was just released and you can find it where Sam said you can find it uh, everywhere books are sold. So over to Barbie for some TVA announcements. Sure. Um, first, I'll um, just update people with a couple of reminders. Um, the Toronto Bench Fitness Group is still doing their weekly online HIT workout. So um, just check, uh, you can Google or sorry, search on Facebook for Toronto Veg Fitness um, and you can find their weekly event for that. 
Um, and also the online lunch club is still going. So uh, I believe we have a link to that in the show notes. That is every Thursday at noon on Zoom uh, if you want to join us. And we do have a very exciting announcement, which is that uh, we have actually partnered with the Stacked Market to be able to hold an in-person Veg Spring Market. So that will be our first uh, you know, real in-person event in a long time. And it's going to be Saturday, April 24th and Sunday, April the 25th. And um, there are obviously strict uh, COVID-19 health guidelines in place, but the stacked market has actually been holding uh, weekend markets all throughout the pandemic throughout the winter. So they are experts on managing um, crowds and doing everything safely. So uh, keep watch on our website and make sure that you're on our email list to get more details of that. I believe there will be about uh, 20 or 30 vegan vendors at the stacked market on that weekend. So that is something else that you can look forward to. Uh, So as always, you can go to our website, veg.ca, to keep on top of all of the events coming up. And also it's where you can join to become a member or a volunteer. It's just your your one-stop shop. And you've been listening to Veg Out, the Toronto Vegetarian Podcast, brought to you by the TVA. And thanks to Matt Judge for our theme song. And until next time, Veg Veg out. Out!